entertained? Are you not entertained? Is this not why you are here? Turn the music up, turn me down. Google. Let's go get him again. This time is for the money, my nigga. Brooklyn, stand up. Never been a nigga this good for this long, this hood. Or this pop, this hot, or this strong. With so many different flows. This one's for this song. The next one, I'm uh -huh, This one, uh -huh, get bit up. Yeah. We're back, TBD. Feel like it's been a while. It's only been like a week. Still in the snow globe. Um, <laughs> I'm over that. Like I don't really mind the snow, honestly. But like, it's been pretty warm these past few days, though. Like it hasn't been that that's bad. The, that's a problem, cause like I, like you I mean we both moved. I'm in a new spot, whatever, whatever's going on, shit is melting. I had a bubble on my wall in my bedroom. I'm talking like I can poke that joint and fill the water and shit. I'm like, yo, what's going on in this joint? All the maintenance folk. This is all while I'm at work, by the way. I get home and I'm like, yo, what is this? <laughs> Bull pop in, he like, man, look like the snow melting and, and something happened. So we're going to figure it out. And I'm just like, man, look, I'm over it. I'm over the snow. I'm a big snow fan this year. I'm done. I'm out. We had one day, it was about 40 degrees. I'm like, <laughs> what jacket? <laughs> Might get me a Henny jacket or something. Go out there and have some fun. So you can pull that off. You don't get off of work at 1.30 anymore. So I got to wear my jacket regardless. <laughs> yeah, that's a fact. I mean, I got I got to go into work with the jacket on because it's cold, but it's like. Oh, you you leave, you leave with it, with it uh, rolled over your shoulder? I mean, rolled over your forearm? Nah, I leave with it on my body because it's a brick outside and I ain't no dummy. <laughs> Until it's warm and humid outside, I'm going to be walking around with scullies and jackets and shit on because I ain't trying to get sick. The jacket be unzipped though. Nah, halfway up, right underneath the neck. <laughs> keep, it, keep it, keep it, kosher. Cause you mean like, and like the thing is, it's going to start raining soon, and like, <clears throat> I'm here for all the rain. I need to rain. Like I would rather be in Seattle for real, for real, when it rains because I need that in my body. I mean, I guess you're the only one that seems to be they want to be in Seattle after the news we hearing now about that guy Russell Wilson. That's crazy. You've been seeing this. I mean, like, so I don't, I mean, I would assume everybody knows what's going on, but hopefully, <laughs> you know, the athletic dropped a dropped an article and it was pretty detailed in terms of just like what's been going on, what's been transpiring since X date or six since X season. And it's interesting that we're now in a place where we're seeing quarterbacks wanting to leave and using their voices and, and doing it in a way where, you know, it might not be their character. We've never heard Russ ever really say anything negative. And if it is negative, it's politically correct. And that's the thing that I think rubs a lot of people wrong with Russ. He first came in the league. He was, you know, the baseball bull who played football, undersized hands and the whole thing. Ah, Seattle, boom. First three years, he's going crazy. 
champion, the whole nine. Then he gets with Sierra. And first of all, hello. <laughs> hello, one, two, step me for sure. But, you know, he gets with her and I don't know if she's helped him grow as a person, but he seems to have found his voice. He seems to have found an identity that he was searching for because we know people who don't accept Russell Wilson mm-hmm. in the black culture. Mm-hmm. Now, whether it's because, you know, he's with Sierra now and the future shit, all that shit happened, whatever the case may be, like, we always say, yo, get you a Russell Wilson. Don't get you a future, get you a Russell Wilson. Eh. You mean all that yeah. aside? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, like, all that aside, he's now come out and instead of him going, you know, getting on shows and, and dropping dropping uh, interviews and, you know, go Hawks and all that, it's... You got to ask Seattle. So what do you think is, why does Russell want to leave? I mean, I think, it, I think it's a, I think it's a lot of reasons. One, I think he's tired of dealing with um, injury prone running backs that, you know, hinder their running game each and every year. And he's tired of dealing with interchangeable offensive linemen that, you know, are older and, are you know it's harder for them to you know stay have some type of continuity and and I I just think he also is seeing guys like Deshaun Watson and Carson Wentz and um you know those types of guys taking control of their futures and saying yeah I don't like what you guys have been doing here and I technically don't have to take it and so I want to take my talents and go somewhere else. Like, I think that's, and I think Sierra's helping him with that. I think, you know, when you have a powerful black woman uh, by your side and who you respect and who you listen to, like whose opinion you, you respect dearly, like that, it speaks volumes. For sure. And, and not only, you know, as in, in terms of like their relationship, you know, growing with each other, growing with children, like his wife is actually someone who is a business herself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So her business model has always been, you know, I want to make sure I'm doing things the way I want to do. And he's looking at that business model and we're seeing, you know, we, we used to see weird looking pictures from Russell Wilson. You know, we used to see him with the, the, the cargo shorts and the, the Andy Reid button-ups, the floral shit. Now he's he's GQ'd out. Real swaggy. Swag up. Drip, <laughs> drip up. <laughs> Cornball status is dropping. I got the drip Visually. alert. <laughs> Visually, you know. <laughs> and, and now I feel as though he and Sierra are now having these conversations at home like, babe, you're getting hit all the time. You need to protect your body. <laughs> Words of his running back that used to be there. You need to protect your mentals. You need to protect your chicken. Right. <laughs> you need to protect those things at all costs because you're the business just as much as Seattle is. And the thing that I think a lot of people are skipping over, it ain't like he just came out and said, yeah, I'm cool off uh, Pete Carroll and, and, and all those guys. Like, I'm out of here. All he said was, look, I just want to have a say in uh, a little bit of influence or at least come to me about personnel decisions and coaching decisions because 
Y'all don't have success as a franchise if I don't have success. But, you know, we see in the NBA, players take their careers and they do what they want. The NFL, they're, they're catching up. But the thing with the NFL is those owners still are empowered by the shield. You know, in the NFL, it's always that cliche, you're not bigger than the shield. No one's bigger than the, bigger than the league. Eh, I disagree. Tom Brady's bigger than the NFL. I was just about to say that. <laughs> He's <laughs> incredibly, incredibly big compared to the NFL. Eh, semantics, you, you walk down the street, you might not know who he is, whatever. Man, my man has a has a head has a helmet on, but he took control of his career. He was in a situation where he's looking at everything going on. Oh damn, the Patriots ain't got no weapons. <laughs> we ain't got no backs. I mean, we got a stable of backs, but like, yeah. They all serve a purpose. Right. The defense is legit. Always been. Always probably will be, hopefully. <laughs> How can I? I can't rely on a defense to go win a 10 3 game because the league ain't 10 3 no more. I need weapons. But most importantly, I need to be protected because I can't throw the ball if I'm not protected. Russell Wilson's on pace to be the most sacked quarterback in NFL history. He has the most sacks in the league since he's been in the league. He started the season off as the MVP of the league because they was letting Russ cook. That was the thing. Throw that bitch. Bro. Tyler Lockett, me and you, Tyler Lockett, all season. Let's get Bro, it. I'm not even I'm not even trying to talk about that for real because <laughs> Russell Wilson was my quarterback this year and I, you bringing up old memories that I don't even want to think about. Like that was but, like, but, but that even helps the conversation because you've paid attention to his numbers in a way that the average fan outside of Seattle has it you saw him early in the season oh russell wilson had 32 fantasy points for me russell wilson had 35 fantasy points <laughs> 40 fantasy points oh tyler lockett snap tyler lockett snap dk Metcalf snap da, 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 da. and then all of a sudden it stopped literally they stopped letting russ cook and i think that is a bigger issue than people want to talk about because whether you like it or not, you have to appease the quarterback. You have to appease your best players in ways that you're not doing them with the, the eighth man off the bench or the ninth man off the bench or the third string QB or even the second string QB or even, the, you know, your second receiver. If you're a certain talent level, you get treated a certain way and that's just how it is. But all of a sudden it's a problem because Russ want to have some input. How? I think people are like, there's a paradigm shift that's happening. Like, People are not like, and this isn't just in football. This isn't just in the NBA. This isn't just in the NFL. This isn't just in the MLB. Like guys, people, women, they're not standing for the status quo anymore. We're not just taking shit to the head anymore. We're not just going along with that's just the way it is. We're not doing that anymore. People are realizing their voice, realizing their power, realizing their leverage and using it to their advantage. And the people who have been taking advantage of people year in, year out for the for the bevy of years that, that, that you know, these leagues and these organizations have been going on for, they don't like it because this pushback that one, they have no control over, and two, they're not used to. And three, <laughs> they've seen it coming. They know it's coming. 
Just imagine <clears throat> being so comfortable in what you do at your job, whether you're managing people, whether you're coaching people, whether you're the owner of the company, <laughs> whether you're the owner of the team, you're comfortable with how things are because like you said, that's just how it is. But guess what? <clears throat> how it is ain't how it should be. Exactly. And a lot of people who are in these positions to be able to dictate the market or dictate what's going on in their company or dictate what players they want and how they want to have them come in. Those days of being comfortable about that's just how it is are done. <laughs> They're done because now you have to be uncomfortable. You're now the uncomfortable person because everybody else is around there and they're looking like, huh, I'm a person. You need to treat me as such. Yeah, I'm the best quarterback for your team. Treat me like it. Aaron Rodgers can have saying stuff. Tom Brady can have saying stuff. Conflicts of interest with the players and the coaches, sure, whatever. But... <coughs> Just think about that. Why are people upset with the change in a shift? It's because they don't like they don't, it's scary to them, bro. They don't wanna, they don't wanna deal with it. They don't want new, they don't want change. They just want people to stay in a line, do what they've been doing, and so they can reap the benefits. They don't want the headache of trying to appease all these people or Realize, well, damn, we have been doing them dirty for all these years and uh, we've been getting away with it, but fuck it, you know, that's just how this shit rolls. Like, no, like, people want better now. We're realizing that, you know, people are realizing how things have been working, the infrastructure of our, of our country because of, you know, former, you know, presidents and everything that's been going on with these elections, like, People are realizing the, the mishaps and the holes in the infrastructure of our world and of our country, and they're not for it. They're they not. Change. The game has changed. The game is done. It's completely different. Like, change is something that's inevitable. And the power shift that we're seeing in the NFL, that we're seeing in the country, that we're seeing, you know, all over the place. It's making those people like if you if you look at a pie chart of, you know, the power distribution and we'll keep it in the NFL for now, like, you know, the coaches and the owners, they're they're the 90 percent. Right. They have the power. The players only power that the players really have up until, you know, recently was, you know, you can play. You know, we can discuss your contract when we feel it's time for you to discuss it. Like, eh, that type of stuff changes now. Now players have, you know no trade clauses and they can dictate what teams they want to go to, to put you guys in positions where you have to make a decision. That's not only best for your team, but it's all predicated off of what the fuck I want. And all Russ wanted was, <laughs> I just want some protection. I just want to cook a little bit. What's wrong with that? Nothing. The craziest part is that when you look at the Seahawks draft, within the last three years, since 2018. Shoot, I mean, yeah, we can even go to 2017. They did take a center in the second round, but 
other than that, they have not used a first round pick. And I mean, they also haven't had first round picks because of several trades and obviously just because of, you know, how talented of a, of a team that they've had over the past few years. But you see defensive linemen, you see running back Rashad Penny, you see uh, Malik McDowell, uh, Shaquille Griffin, um, obviously uh, DK Metcalf, Marquise, uh, Marquise Blair, like, Obviously, those are guys that they needed. You know, they did need to shore up that defense. They had a lot of older guys and older contracts that they had to let go and, you know, get rid of. So it's understandable. But at the same time, we know how this league is driven. It's driven by quarterbacks. And you have to protect quarterbacks at all costs. Like we said, we got to protect Black women at all costs. For NFL franchises, your Black woman is a quarterback. And (laughs) And the worst part is if it's an actual Black person, (laughs) <laughs> hold it's on, double brother. trouble hold on brother because now all of a sudden it's like hey bro <laughs> matt stafford can ask for a trade but deshaun watson you who the fuck do you think you are to ask for a trade you're under contract sir no 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 i'm not fucking coming to work hmm. that's now the alternative and this ain't this ain't no new shit either because we saw Le'Veon bell do it and look at him he got what he wanted. He got a Super Bowl. He went to the Jets. All right, cool. You know, that was a pit stop for him. He ended up on the Chiefs. Now he got a bowl. Deshaun Watson do the same thing. He's got bread. He's made his money. He's a young player. At the end of the day, look, if you're taking the, that year off of football, yeah, you may be a little bit older on the back end, but you have those, you're going to have that extra year to recoup. You're going to have those, those Tom Brady-type years um, of your career because, I mean, you had you basically had an extra year. You had a gap year. Those days are done. <laughs> it's over with. Deshaun Watson looking around. Hey, bro, my owner got racist tendencies. <laughs> Inmates can't run the asylum. This, that, and the fifth. I'm out, bro. I'm out. And the thing is, you have these organizations making these decisions, and the ones who are poorly ran. They can't get out of their own way. Like, like, think about it. <laughs> Ryan Saunders is a coach for the Wolves, was the coach for the Wolves. Organization was, you know, they're not, you know, a bad organization and how they're being ran, but they're not necessarily the Lakers or, or, or the Celtics who will, talk about a little bit but (laughs) they let ryan saunders dip fired him okay whatever you know parthony towns doing all types of bad stuff corona all over the place infesting his whole life good to see him even attempting to play right now because i didn't think that he would try to continue to play so kudos to him but in large part they were fucking terrible for a long time they fire ryan saunders put out a little post said, you know, well, we're going to address our coaching search and X, Y, Z. And then not even a day later, they hire a random guy <laughs> from the Raptors. Not a player, not an ex player, not someone who was like, Oh, I used to be working with the Raptors. You mean I'm a free agent coach now? I'm, you know, I'm available for anybody's services. No, 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 no. This guy's like an employee, active, on the bench, 
Just a day before, right, the day Ryan Saunders got fired, that man was sitting on a bench for the Tampa Bay Raptors, because that's what they play in these days. And it's like, <laughs> now all of a sudden he's the head coach. So the NBA Coaches Association, they see it and say, like, hold on, son. We, let's, put this, let's put this post out. We need to investigate what's going on here because that man interviewed for the, for the Wolves position two years ago. Well, they just open the file cabinet up. Oh, yeah, go grab Chris Finch. We, the interview ain't going to change. He checks all the boxes. Or so, so we thought. So now he's a head coach. How? How are we letting these organ like these organizations have to be held accountable for the slight of just not even just black coaches, just doing the right thing in general. They don't do that shit. It's, oh, I know this guy. I know Chris Doyle. He cool. You mean, fuck all the racist shit that he's been doing and all the players who came out and said stuff about it and the articles and the information that, oh, he got fired because of that said racism. But I, I know that guy. He cool. It ain't really him. Give him the job. No, 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 no. <laughs> that ain't the wave. How is it going to get changed, though? I, I don't see how it can. I think the only way that it could possibly change is by people who hold the power realizing what they need to do to amend the situation. And I... I don't believe that they have the capability of doing that. They're too arrogant. You know, we know a lot about this of, you know, people who are part of a cog that they feel is too big to fail, feel as though that they can do anything that they want and there's no repercussions for it because technically there aren't. I mean, what's backlash? In today's time, what's backlash? Because at the end of the day, time goes forward and people forget. If it's not, if it's credit for 24 hours and then it's done. Exactly. So it's like they don't really care. There's, you know, PR, you can, you know, there's ways of finessing, uh, finessing those types of situations that at the end of the day, they have to really look inside themselves and then look at and look outside themselves and then look at themselves and realize, what am I really doing here? Am I doing a disservice? Am I doing my, am I doing a due diligence? Am I doing what needs to be done? And am I doing what's the best thing for my organization? And I mean, I just don't know if they have the capability of doing that. Like, I just, I don't. I don't think that they, I, I don't know, man. I, I, I've lost hope in a lot of people. So. And like, like I asked you that as if like there's a, a, a specific answer or as if there's like a playbook on how to change systemic wrongdoing. Because it's not. You know, the word of the day is comfortable. Mm. These organizations, these these people, they're comfortable in what's going on because that's how the bottom line is met. We need more Bruce Arians in positions of power, in positions of management, in positions of hiring than we do Urban Myers. Bruce Arians' whole fucking staff is diverse. Men, women. Actually, let me rephrase that. Black men and women in a football those three things eh, they go together but it's like oh the the woman is a cheerleader the football is the thing that they play with and the black guys are the guys who's running around with it. okay mm. 
but now preaching now. But now all of a sudden they're on the back side of it. They're on the other side of the they're on the other side of the glass now. Now they're the coaches. Now they're telling the players what to do and how to do it. So now you have women who have more knowledge about the game than the people who think they know it because they watching this shit. They're not coaching it, they're just watching it. Mm. The management people, they don't even really like the sport. They like the money that the sport brings. Mm. Sean Khan, Jags owner, cool, I guess. Oh, he's a minority. How could he let this happen? Whoa, whoa, take it easy. <laughs> it ain't like he's a, a, a minority who acknowledges that he's a minority. Can't be, in, he can't acknowledge that. There's a difference. Yeah, it's a difference. He's a Trump fan. So it says all I need to know. You're a minority and you, you're you supportive of that guy? Oh, I get it because money is the only thing that y'all have in common. We need people to make decisions and bring in. They need to bring in the minorities. They need to bring in the Ron Rivera's. They need to bring in the Jennifer Kings, those type of people. Bring those people in. And I'm sure, you know, it might not happen quick, but the more people that look like us are in these, or when they get into these positions, the entire landscape of what we think we know about sports will change. Yeah, facts. And I don't know when it'll be, though. Can't tell you when it'll be. (laughs) I think it's also, I mean, we also, I feel like we do have to clarify and mention, like, it obviously is a struggle, like, especially, you know, you being a minority and that type of power, you know, you have a lot of, there's going to be a lot of pushback and you have to be willing and, you know, strong enough to fight back and, you know, um, stick up for what you believe in. But at the same time, like you said, like, <laughs> not everybody's for the cause. Not everybody's down to sacrifice theirs for the betterment of everybody else. And uh, like that, that, that's what we, you know, that's what we have to struggle with. I mean, we, you know, we, we, we understand to the fullest extent how, you know, people who are minorities get some power and, you know, understandably, you know, they want to keep it and they don't want to do anything to screw it up. You know, that was a way of thinking for minorities for a long time, like, because, you know, it wasn't a lot of us getting to those types of spots. So, you know, when we did, we felt as though, damn, like I got to do anything and everything I can to like hold that spot. But we're like, like we said in the beginning, we're coming into a new age. It's a, it's a, it's a time shift and people are realizing that we hold a lot of power. We've done this enough. We've gotten to these heights enough that we can start throwing our weight around a little bit to get what we actually want, which is equality. And the craziest part is like, like I sat when that whole Jags thing popped off with Chris Doyle and I'm just sitting there and I'm like, how can a minority owner sit silently when the people who make his bottom line look pretty every fucking year are the same people that the coach brought in a coach and he doesn't like none of them guys? I don't <laughs> You don't think that that's a problem? Like, how can you sit back and just... Be cool with that. Like, not even comment on it. Not even come out and say, you know, we fucked up. Da, 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 da. Nah. Set a PR treat out. Put that joint on Instagram. We're going to move on. It'll be forgotten by week one. Eh, probably not. Because Urban Meyer's still there. He's the guy who gave the okay. He signed off on it. 
You don't have the answer to that. You don't have the answer to them black men every day. Yo, what was that Chris Doyle shit about, cuz? <laughs> I mean, like, there's people who, like, and like you said, not everybody's comfortable in living in that truth of owning who they are in the uncomfortable space. But we'll see. <laughs> we'll see what'll happen with that. that. That's to be determined. That is for sure to be determined. And um, another thing that might be determined, I don't know how, I, like, I'm still trying to figure out if I feel it or not. Because, like, part of me is like, you're damn right it should be changed. Another part of me is like, man, don't do that because my man not here. Like, Co- like, Kyrie came out with the whole, yo, Kobe should be the, should be the logo. Like we've heard this for years, though. Right. We've heard, you know, rumblings of, man, they should make Jordan the logo. I'm tired of seeing Jerry West. Yeah, okay. Oh, Kobe should be the logo. Ah, oh, Shaq could be the logo. Ah, oh, Brown could be the logo. Okay. Do I think it'll happen? I don't. I don't know. But come on, now you know it's not gonna happen, bro. <laughs> See, I was trying to give a little hope. Them white men not taking no white man off of it and putting a black man as the face of a multi-million dollar, multi-billion dollar organization. And the craziest thing is like, (laughs) Kyrie said it best, like the (laughs) league was built off of the backs of black kings. Now we ain't really going, like, it's a small thing in the grand scheme of everything going on in the NBA because, you know, the NBA is a a forward-thinking league. They do all that. So maybe, maybe, just maybe they would change the logo. I don't know if I want to see them change the logo to the bean. What? Just because it's like, it's going to make me feel some type of way. So Mr. Laker, Mr. Bean super fan is stating that he would not want to see Bean being the logo of the National Basketball Association. It's just because every time I see it, it's going to make me think of all the people who disrespected Cole when he wasn't around. I mean, when he was around. And now that he's not here anymore, it's like, I would be cool with it selfishly, but I also know like I would feel a way. Because like, why I want to do it for Cole now? Like, what makes Kobe's case better than X, Y, or Z's case. Me personally, I'm rocking with the B. <laughs> you know, you can't beat the resume. Good try. Try it. Go ahead. Do it. But I'm here for getting Jerry West off of that joint, though. So you, I mean, so you just more so feel as though it'd be disingenuous. Yeah, it's like, I mean, that's that's what happens with a lot of things when people pass. You know, they, they start yeah. to get the credit and people start to finally look at them in totality and not just who they were when they were here. Right. So, like, me selfishly, like, I'm too emotional to see Kobe on, on, on every single jersey for the rest of the world. Like, I get emotional watching Tobias Harris run around before he fucked his knee up with Kobe's on every night. You know, the explosion of people wearing Kobe's throughout the league, obviously after everything happened is, is incredible. Like that still to me, fucks me up. So if I saw the logo, Maba coming off the, coming off the jaw, <laughs> sign me up. But every <laughs> night after the game is over, I'm gonna just be like, damn man, Kobe not even here no more. 
So it's, it's it's weird for me personally. I think it would be like, a nice. I think it would be a nice suggestion. I mean, now if I, I think, put my personal fandom out of it, like my extreme love for Kobe out of it, I would say unbiasedly a thousand percent. Get Jerry Rice to get Jerry West the fuck off of that joint. I think. I mean, the cool part is the cool part about it is that Jerry West also is okay with not being the logo anymore. And like, that brings he's up cool as shit. Like he's cool as shit about the whole thing and like switching it and being like, yeah, like go ahead, like switch it. Like I, I don't care type shit, which is thorough of him because he could also he could be that determining factor where he'd be like, no, like I worked hard for that. I feel as though I should be the logo. And like, you know, kudos to him for you know having that, having that viewpoint. I think I think it would be lit. I think it would be lit to have um to have Kobe. I mean, could Jordan be the logo? I guess. I don't know. His I mean, logo is too recognizable to be the logo of the NBA. That's right. And that's what I'm, I think more so it could be LeBron. Like LeBron could be that guy to where but what would it be for Bron though? It'd probably be like him. It can't be the cockback dunk because now it's like what is that is, is that an N one jersey or an NBA jersey? Eh. I mean it's like when we like the deeper you get into it, it's like, well, damn, you might as well just put Bombo on that joint. Coming off the pick and roll. You mean we saw the picture floating around and like it would be dope. But like Jerry West is one of those guys who is viewed as an asset because he understands the impact of Kobe one. He understands the impact of Kobe in a way that's unique because he saw him. <laughs> he saw that he was a instrumental part of being the guy to get LeBron, not even LeBron, to get Kobe to the Lakers. Day one, what behind the ears, Kobe? If there's anybody who's going to give the okay for it, it's going to be him. Right. And he already gave the okay. But you know what that's going to, you know what that's going to cause? All those fucking nerds out there. <laughs> Here we go. This is this is my NBA. I can't believe we're just are we just going to change everything for everybody that dies? You know, the insensitive stuff starts popping up. And then the next thing you're going to see is a whole bunch of oh, Kobe Bryant isn't that good to be the logo. If that shit, if that shit happens, yo, I'm turning on your tweet alerts. Don't do that because I'm lighting, I'm lighting. <laughs> no, I'm turning on your tweet alerts if that happens. Because that will be pure comedy. Just... They will put me in Twitter jail. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm right at people. Because that's my problem, man. And like we saw it last night. Like, this is a prime example of like people saying, oh, see, I told you so. This is why I'm right. Analytics got people thinking, you know, the league is threes and dunks. Which it low key is. Okay. It's the evolution of the game. Nuggets could have won a game last night. Could have even went to overtime. Maul Murray get the ball high wing, fast break. Everybody's running to him because the clock's low. And the rest of his team, you know what they ran to? Three-point line. Ain't nobody catching the basket. <laughs> Michael Porter, MAGA ass. I mean, Michael Porter Jr. <laughs> in the corner. Try to land a plant. Everybody else feeling. They all sitting there waiting for the threes. And it's like... <laughs> That's the league. That's what the analytics say. But those same people who love those numbers will go and tell you, yo, Kobe and Iverson, they wasn't really that good. 
And you say, wait, wait, what, how? And they'll tell you what. <laughs> you know what they're going to say? Billy, they weren't efficient. Fuck does that mean? Kobe Bryant and Allen Iverson ain't that good because they weren't efficient? Because of some PER stats that y'all made up out of nowhere? Now all of a sudden they not that good. That ain't what my eyes say. And that, like people don't understand that conversation would be different. I mean, I understand AI, you know, played a little bit of the point guard role, but he wasn't a point guard. Like he wasn't a point guard. Eric Snow was the point guard. Eric Snow was the point guard. Simply put. And even oh. if Allen Iverson was slated as the point guard, who cares? Because you look at the floor and you're like, well, damn. The stereotypical point guard is supposed to set people up and score a little bit. Not score a whole bunch and set people up a little. And 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 all the people out there that's getting ready to come at me because y'all know how I feel about Russell Westbrook. I talk about when I talk about him, I make sure to preface my statement every single time by talking about him as a point guard. I do not fuck with him as a point guard. As a basketball player, he is a talent, special, one of one. But as a point guard, he ain't it. Just had to throw that out there because people love coming at my neck for that shit. And, like, that's the perfect example of what analytics is. Because truth be told, like, I remember waking up, going to school. Yo, did y'all see T-Mac have motherfucking 54 last night? Mm-hmm. Did you see Allen Iverson go get motherfucking 37, score 15 in the fourth? Did you know, see Gilbert Arenas getting the big buckets? Agent Zero. Did you see Vince Carter with 14 dunks and fucking 39 points? It was never, yo, Allen Iverson had 39 last night, but he shot 10 of 35. We never gave a fuck about efficiency or shooting percentages in conversations until the king got in the league. Now, that's not his fault. You could say it's a testament to his greatness, whatever. It could be the evolution. Don't do that, yo. Don't do that. But it's not Bron's fault. That's just when people started paying attention to it because people started to look back at the older players with the new analytics in place and say, oh, let me pick apart this portion, this portion of this game. Like, DeMar DeRozan takes all these tough-ass two-point shots. He's not efficient. He's not that good. No. DeMar DeRozan averaged 26, 27 points on predominantly two-point buckets. That's tough. DeMar DeRozan would be a top-five player in the 90s. Just like... <laughs> A top five player. Like, that's my problem with the nerds, bro. Like, we're now in a world where Anthony Edwards can catch the ball on the wing, quick little hezzy, get his gather right, and explode, cram, bam. Thank you, Asian man. You're done. You're you're on a poster now. You know what I mean? <laughs> Probably the best poster we've seen in the last five, ten years. Jump on Twitter. I'm expecting everybody to be talking about, oh, she was crazy. Oh, body bag. Oh, Edwards. Oh, Edwards are like Keyshawn Johnson. Oh, yo, you got to chill. <laughs> like, okay. And then I start seeing tweets from the nerd portion of the world because, you know, they always pop up on the timeline. 
And Edwards Dunk was cool, but he only had seven points. He was always seven shooting. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Like, th- th- did I ask? <laughs> I didn't ask. <laughs> didn't ask, didn't matter. What, what does that have to do with the play itself? Bro, because you know how these nerds be, man. They finally found a niche in a place where they were never truly accepted, which, I mean, it's cool. Like, I mean, ain't nobody hating on that fact. But don't try to hijack the game and don't try to act like you know more about what's going on when that's not your thing. If analytics is your thing, if stats is your thing, that's cool. Let that be your thing. But don't come over here trying to diminish the the greatness of a play that you can't even explain why it happened. You're trying to come in. You know what analytics is doing? You know what these nerds are doing? They are gentrifying my fucking game and I don't like it. They're coming in to something that everyone knows about (laughs) and they're trying to create their own avenue as a talking point and trying to strip away people's talents and legacies based off of numbers and formulas and all this shit that ain't basketball. Mm-mm. I'm not here for it, dog. I'm just not. Like, imagine that. Your favorite basketball player is who? Right now? Probably right now, all time, either way, whatever one you want to go with. Hey, right now, Joel. Okay. Now, when you think of candidate. Yeah, 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 yeah. That guy. Let's let's talk about that guy for a second. Like, you watch Joel and B play. He seven plus. Feet for those who didn't really know. Um, <laughs> he moved like he, he played like a guard, low key. You know, his talent as a big man is just very, it's a very short list of talented big men who got that skill set. Thanks. Now, imagine in 10 years, you know, hopefully a couple of MVPs and championships later for Joel and B with Philly. Sure. Someone come up to you and goes, Yo, Joe wasn't really that good, man. Like, he wasn't that efficient. He wasn't efficient at all. Are you, are you rocking? Are you subscribing to that theory? Hell no. You got me chopped. Why not? That's what the numbers say, bro. I'm the nerd guy. What do you mean? That's what the numbers say. Hey, yo, respectfully, bro, I don't give a fuck. Because <laughs> <laughs> at the end of the day, what I'm watching is a guy doing what he wants. Like, I'm sorry. I don't think we've ever seen a guy that tall, like not even Hakeem, like be able to handle the ball the way that he does, the way he's able to contort his body the way that he does, and the strength and power and explosiveness that he holds. Like, not to mention the footwork. The footwork has always been there, which is the craziest part. But now it's clear and evident that the game has slowed down and he is having it his way. And he also, I mean, he had the motivation to having a child. And now he, you know, realizing, yo, it's my time. I'm trying to eat. This is, look, we we get into the nitty gritty now. This is my prime. I only got a certain amount of years. I got to make the most of this shit. And he's showing everybody, like, I, I'm it, yo. I, I, I'm, I, <laughs> I, I'm like a sprained ankle, boy. I ain't nothing to play with. Like, I am not a thing <laughs> to play with. <laughs> this shit bad. And I need it now. That's what he's <laughs> saying out there. And, like... <laughs> I gotta ask you this before we before we get out of here. Like, is he your MVP? Who's Easy. your MVP? 
Easily, he's my MVP. Easily. Ooh. Easily, easily won. He means the most to his team. You know, okay. people try to talk about this Ben Simmons, Tobias Harris. Yeah, I mean, they're playing at an elite level. They're playing at a high level. They're definitely very important pieces to the team. But at the end of the day, Joel Embiid is the team. Let's not get it twisted. Joel Embiid is the goddamn team. Um, two, he's just unstoppable. What was he? What did he have? 14 straight games with 25-plus point, uh, uh, points and at least 10 boards? Like, what are we talking about here? Like, I know Bron's elite. I know Bron is, you know, best player, you know, ever. But, you know, my man Joel Embiid is having his year. And let's go with, you know, they love narratives, right? Here's a narrative. Uh-oh. Joel Embiid, finally, for the first time during his whole career, he's in the best shape of his life. And he's showing everybody why he's should be the best player. He's what second or third in scoring right now, like behind I think Brad Beal. Like, come on, like he's doing everything that he and his team is winning. They're first in the East. He's checking every box. There's no way you can say that he's not. Is he your MVP? Yates? Is he my MVP? I'm um, I'm a humongous Joel Embiid fan. Like. From day one, rock chalk Kansas shit. Like, I was watching my man because every when he was playing at Kansas, it was always like, "Yo, Kansas got this big man. He's learning how to play basketball, but he's seven feet and he got a touch." I'm like, "What?" Watching him play, and I'm like, "Huh? He got everything that I ain't never seen before in a big. If he ever even learned how to play the ball, play play ball the right way, play the game the right way, he gonna be tough." <laughs> he's not my MVP though. He's not my MVP. Now the narratives, the narratives are going to be what I think determines the MVP this year. And the guy who I don't think is getting it is LeBron because of this bad stretch that we're on. It's a two horse race for MVP. Now the nerves is going to say, Oh, it's gotta be Joel Embiid. <laughs> the PER stats say he's second in the league in PER. He averages 29 points. He averages 11 boards. Yeah, that narrative should win you win you the MVP. But to me, it's just I'm gonna be a little biased towards Harden because listen, man, <laughs> you show up in a fat suit in Brooklyn, bed beard in it. <laughs> Here we go. Now you lead the league in assists. Now you you got the team without KD, the slim guy. Y'all second, y'all, y'all half game back of the Sixers. Now, so who knows who the MVP gonna be? It's out of them too, though. And to me, whoever finishes one in the East, probably gonna get that joint. Hopefully, we hold this shit off, dog. Like now, selfishly, you know, selfishly, I want to see Harden get the MVP because I feel oh, he already got one. Let my man get nah, one. bro. Nah, because when he was <laughs> he was doing all that wild shit in Houston, niggas was turning around. Yo, Russell Westbrook, double, triple double. Yo, Giannis, multiple wins and fifty win games and first in the East and all that fly shit. That guy is a. I ain't gonna get into that yet. We can talk about the weak ass Bucks next week. But Harden did all that. You mean he's in Brooklyn doing his thing? But you know the MVP is a narrative-based award, so we're gonna figure it out. Yeah. Unselfishly, unbiasedly, I'm here for a big man to win the MVP because we haven't seen that joint in a long time. <laughs> years, dog. Uh, years have 
has been as long. I think Dwight may be the last one to get one. Who's a big? I don't, I, I don't think I've, I think it was Shaq. I think Shaq is probably the last big man to win the MVP. I don't think Dwight Howard don't got no MVP. You don't, I swore Dwight Howard had an MVP. I don't think so. We can go check it real fast, but Shaquille O'Neal, probably the last big to get the MVP. I may be but, sure. I mean, D- Dwight Howard got multiple, you know, Defensive players. No, I'm capping. Yeah, I'm definitely capping. But never yeah, the MVP. He yeah, was just. Right. You probably thinking about the year where he was kicking LeBron ass and then. But that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, that's why I thought he had the MVP that year. Nah, he was defensive player of the year. I mean, that's, last yeah, year, that's what it was. That's what it was. Give it, give. I'm here for the MB shit, man. Honestly, but you know I mean, I mean, let's. I got one more thing to get off our chest before we before we dip out this, John. We gotta talk about that Cam Newton shit, dog. Well, we got to talk about it because that shit kind of, it kind of touches close to home a little bit for both of us. But two, like, that just whole situation was kind of wild. Like, if you really think about it, like, I mean, most of y'all know, like, that shit was trending. Um, You know, a young cat trying to, you know, get his rocks off, talk his shit to Cam Newton, talking about he's ass. Well, you ass, cuz? Sound real Norristown-ish. Real shit. I mean, he was from Philly. Um... But my thing was with the whole, like, so I was at work when that shit happened. Jordan, uh, Jordan Cornette was like, yo, bro, like, you seen this young boy talking this shit? That, and, and he was, he used young boy too, like, using our shit, but it's cool, you know what I mean? Like, I guess we give him the okay. He was, like, he was like, you seen the young boy uh, talking this shit to Cam? I'm like, what you talking about? So I seen him, I'm like, first is like, oh man, it's some bullshit, you know? You know, uh, Jordan's like, yeah, man, this young nigga don't know, you know, he, 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 he talking all this shit to Cam. Where's the respect that? Bomani Jones, where's the respect that? I'm like, yeah, that's cool. Like, I see that point of view. But, like, he a young motherfucker. Like, he just, you know, he talking his shit. I ain't mad at him. He young boy trying to go viral, trying to make his friends laugh. I mean, yeah, you should probably never talk shit to an MVP and an NFL player or someone who is taking his time out of his days to talk and help you. That's probably a bad look. But the worst look is everybody coming out with think pieces and what type of parents does he have and how is he raised and there's a place for a child and xyz like listen it ain't that big of a deal at all (laughs) athlete at the highest level talking and exchanging with a younger athlete who just trying to be a young he's a young kid he ain't call him no bitch or nothing he ain't come at him at his like his manhood he just said bro you add like (laughs) <laughs> in terms of his play like i mean I, look i i'm coming from it as a like i know how i was as a young boy like i say anything to anybody but obviously you know with some type of respect but would i maybe said that to cam probably not because i understand like the situation where it's like cam in retrospect of the nfl is he as good anymore I, who knows probably not but in terms of me he better than me god damn it and like that was the thing like and then you know, Cam's response video, him talking about, you know, I just wanted to, like, I understood where the young boy was coming from. Like, I wanted him to say, yeah, like, I'm tough. Like, uh, this is my name. This is where I'm from. And and my team going to beat your team ass. Like, I would respect that because I understand. Like, you a young motherfucker. You trying, you know, you you proud of who you are. I ain't, I ain't, it's not his first time. It's not his first year going through this. So it's like, people got to understand. Like, I understand the respect part because, you know, he should have probably handled that situation with more respect. And you know he didn't, but at the same time, man, 
it's a competitive atmosphere. It's not no, you see them on the street like in it. And people also got this whole thing misconstrued. This wasn't a Cam Newton camp. They were at a seven on seven tournament. So Cam Newton was just there with his team. Like that was the whole thing. Like it wasn't a Cam Newton camp. Right. He was, right. Like his, he was going against Cam's team. Like obviously young boy was ass and he didn't play that much. And you know, it was what it was, but you know, at the end of the day, young boy, actually he's not even on his team anymore, which I thought was corny. I ain't fuck with that. Um, I think that the team should have kicked him off. I mean, obviously that was a weird situation for them, you know, optics and everything, but you shouldn't have kicked him. That's a learning experience for that child. Y'all want to talk about what should have happened. That's a learning experience. He should have been taught, but look, probably shouldn't have handled it that way. This is how you go about handling those types of things. If you want to say that, say it in a more respectable way, but don't like now you, it's just a bad, it's a, I think it's a bad look all around. Yeah. I mean, it's a bad look all around. Like he shouldn't have said what he said. I mean, Cam handled it the best he could, but like the reaction to it and like all the woe is me, I wouldn't have done this. <laughs> like, bro, who the, I don't give a fuck about what y'all would have done because y'all not them niggas. Right. <laughs> the only problem I had with it was my man wasn't talking enough shit. That's what, yo, I, that's what, I was like, well, damn, like, I'm thinking, look, if I'm talking my shit, I'm talking, look, one rule about talking shit. If you're going to talk your shit, talk your motherfucking shit. And if Don't. you do it, make it funny. Put a little spice in that joint. You know what I would have said to Cam? I'm going to leave you with this. I would have like, hey, yo, Cam. <laughs> you ass, cuz. <laughs> and stop tightening that nut-ass font. <laughs> I can't read your posts, bro. You just as ass as them posts. That's probably what I would have said. Because even... Even, even if people think that Cam not ass, the funniest part and the best part about the shit is you typing in that stupid ass font. Exactly. Like you on some shit like, Cam, I think you need me on your team and shit, bro. Cause you ass, bro. Them other niggas ain't cutting it. You need me. Something. Something. Say something. <laughs> something other than you ass. You could have gave me more than that, bro. You gotta, you gotta make make fun of his hair or something. You look like Cynthia from Rugrats. Something. <laughs> I mean, he's some other than you. <coughs> yo, can you chill, yo? I'm just saying, man. Not Cynthia. Making folk uncomfortable if you're gonna talk shit. Because oh, at the end of the day, God. if talking ain't hitting, at least you got the joke out. Uh, hey, bro, that was kind of funny. <laughs> other than, hey, bro, chill out. That's Cam Newton. That's all I'm saying. That shit to be determined, dog. That's all I'm saying. It is to be determined. We're gonna see what happens with Young Boy. We're gonna see what happens with the Bucks. We're gonna see what happens with this MVP race, cause uh, we might have to get into that deeper, and I'll pick a side for sure, for sure. Please do. I don't like this this teeter totter shit you on. All right, well fuck it then. Give me hard, and we can we can we can go at it. Such a bitch. I knew you was gonna do that. You always do that shit. Beard gang. Is this not why you are here? Fuck this man.